0: Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts Dean Stockford of MM Consulting and Len Susio of Geo Data Vision.
1: Welcome to our podcast series addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but were afraid to ask. I'm Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting.
2: And I'm Len Susio with GeoDataVision.
1: Len, over the last several months, you've enlightened us on many different CRA provisions. So what interesting CRA topic are we going to discuss today?
2: Well, Dean, in the last few years, a growing number of banks are encountering problems with passing the very first test, administered in a CRA exam, what's called the assessment area ratio test, and the failure to pass this test will result in a certain needs to improve rating on the test itself. Uh, The examiner manual tells them that you can't award a satisfactory rating under this test if the ratio is less than 50%. And because it is a test that measures the adequacy of a bank's lending, in its defined communities, it almost always leads to a composite performance rating of needs to improve or substantial noncompliance. So it's a serious problem.
1: You mean the failure to pass this one test almost always leads to a less than satisfactory rating?
2: You got that right, Dean. This test is heavily weighted for a few reasons. First, it's intended to measure the adequacy of a bank's lending within its designated markets. Even if you look good on the remaining tests which by the way, focus only on what the bank is doing inside its markets, the fact that the level of activity is small diminishes the significance of all the remaining tests. So so what if you have an excellent penetration in your assessment area's LMI tracks when the volume is relatively small, it can be meaningless. So from a regulator's perspective, the more you lend outside your deposits, but rather by the prudential use of secondary loan markets. In other words, These banks are not siphoning money out of their communities that they serve to lend in faraway markets. These banks are generating loans all over creation and selling them to investors immediately upon closing. The regulation and the regulators have not caught up with the times. Even the OCC's 2020 CRA rule, which the agency announced, by the way, in the last uh, week or so, that it's suspending pending further review, that didn't really address this problem either reforms proposed by the regulators for CRA and assessment areas have focused on deposit-based assessment areas but so far nothing has done been done to address this big and growing problem and you're right about the second question that you raised dean it doesn't only raise problems or issues in terms of cra it definitely has potential problems that it raises regarding fair lending issues and redlining and other risks associated with what has been applied and known as reasonably expected market areas so it's a hydra-headed problem it's a big problem and it's a growing problem
1: you say this is a growing problem so i have just a couple of questions what's driving the increased number of banks who are failing or excuse me falling short of the 50 percent mandate and is this what we've been come to understand as a potential REMA violation?
2: Well, first of all, there's no way of getting away from a sure needs to improve rating on the assessment area ratio test itself. But to avoid a composite performance rating of less than satisfactory, a bank will need to demonstrate that its lending volume within the assessment areas is adequate. So how can a bank do that? Well, we've been engaged in a situation with a bank that has encountered this very problem recently their assessment area ratio was far below the 50% minimum, actually closer to 10% or less. So the key has been to show examiners that the bank's voluminous lending outside its assessment areas did not in any way diminish or reduce its expected lending volume within the defined communities. And that the bank's lending volume in the community is actually more than normal at a level that would be expected for a bank with its size and resources. Now you might be saying, well, how did you do this? Well, we did this in several ways. First, we compared the bank's lending within its assessment areas to the activity of other banks that also main deposit facilities within the assessment areas. We determined that the bank actually was ranked higher and had greater market share of the mortgage market and small business loan markets within the community compared to its deposit market rank and market share as reflected in the SOD, the Summary of Deposits data. In fact, the bank had extended more loans and loan dollars than a number of banks with far greater volume of deposits in the market. Second, we compared our clients' lending to all the other lenders in the market. Once again, they overperformed not only the market for peers, they outperformed a large number of other competitors, including non-bank lenders, active in their assessment area. And then finally, we compared the bank's lending to just other banks active in the market. As you know, and I think most bankers know, the mortgage market today is dominated by the non-bank lenders. And in this bank's assessment areas, the uh, non-bank lenders accounted for 70% or more of all the reported mortgage lending. The results demonstrated that if you didn't know the bankers were lending so much outside its assessment area, you would have never questioned the adequacy of their lending inside its assessment area their lending activity inside their assessment areas looked better than normal. The assessment area ratio actually distracted the examiners from the real question. With such a low ratio, examiners assumed it had to adversely affect the bank's lending within its communities. But when you took a deep dive into the local depository and loan markets, the bank actually performed very strong. So any bank that has adopted a similar regional or national loan model had better anticipate that they will fail their assessment ratio test and potentially their entire series exam if they are not prepared to demonstrate that they are not shortchanging the credit needs of their local communities
1: wow that certainly is a lot to take in one final question Lynn. what about a cra strategic plan
2: well that certainly is an option in fact the bank we've been consulting with recently was told to consider that the problem is that in many cases it's unnecessary Expensive and time consuming. Typically, it will take a year to develop a strategic plan, go through the public hearing process and then the regulatory approval process. If a community bank does not intend to reduce its local lending because of its regional or national marketing strategy, I would suggest they avoid the threat of a CRA exam failure by making sure they generate enough local lending commensurate with their size, deposits, and other resources, and that they develop and document the data necessary to prove to regulators that that's exactly what they've done.
1: Yeah, I agree. Documentation is certainly critical. Uh, it, institutions sometimes fail in that particular area. You know, this is really valuable information, Len. I, I appreciate it uh, for today's podcast. This is Dean Stockford from m M&M Consulting.
2: And this is Len Susio with GeoDataVision. We hope you will join us for our next podcast about regulatory compliance.
0: Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow MM Consulting and GeoData Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.